21CL Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the program. You are listening to the Education Vanguard, and I am your host, Michael Bull. We're continuing our series on the virtual schools, and this one's maybe a bit non-virtual, but we're going to be talking all about data today. A guy who runs something called the Data Classroom. Enjoy. Hey, let's talk about data. Hearing those words uh, might make some of us run for the hills and hide, while others might be excited for the discussion. Thankfully, we now have other ways to talk about and deal with data. For example, people like Aaron Reedy, my guest today. The discussion of data is moving towards a more visual presentation that lets all of us participate. Aaron Reedy is the founder of Data Classroom, a web app that allows teachers of grades 6 through 12 to grow data intuition in students. We go all in on data visualization and how regular teachers can use it in their classrooms. Enjoy the conversation. Aaron Reedy, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to be here. It's an interesting time to talk to a data person, and that's you. If you could just sum up all the entire data that we need to know regarding the virus in the next five seconds, I'd appreciate that. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that. <laughs> okay, well, maybe we'll talk about your, what you're doing with Data Classroom. So what is Data Classroom? Let's, let's start with that elevator pitch. Sure. Uh, Data Classroom is a web app that's uh, designed for kids in grades 6 to 12, and it lets kids work with data in a way that teaches them foundational data skills and, and prepares them to use data in their future career and studies. Okay, that's a good quick summary of it. So how does that look in a classroom? I'm, I know it has a variety of age groups. Do you want to start with a younger age group, like a, an age-appropriate sure. group? And like, how would they use it or look at it? I'm not really sure yeah. at what age that would start. Yeah, I think uh, the, the first way that kids can start to interact with Data Classroom is through graphing and through essentially making pictures of data and representing data visually. That That is actually... I think the best place to start working with data, whether you are a sixth grader or you mm -hmm. are a PhD student, um, I think anytime you're working with a data set, uh, making a graph is is the the most logical starting point. It, it seems like actually that has not been the case because as soon as I see a graph, there's so much more graphic now. I go, oh, I get it. R right, Gra graphs help people understand data in a way that I think. Uh, tables and, and equations uh, are just not able to do. Um, and I think that for a long time, that was sort of neglected in, in data analysis and statistics. People sort of thought, well, serious statisticians don't need to look at graphs. And then um, mm -hmm. that, that completely changed. And now I think most statisticians would, would tell you that data visualization is the, is the best place to start when working with the data set. Because really, it's the best way to see patterns emerge, right? Right. Pattern, patterns emerge really quickly. And sometimes descriptive statistics, things like medians or, or means, can be uh, really misleading. And if that's sort of the only information you have about a data set um, and you're not looking at a, at a graph of the data, you can really over, overlook things quite a bit. So, yeah, the graphs are a great way for people to uh, spot trends or differences between groups. You can see that stuff uh, really easily when you look at it visually. So Aaron, I wonder if you could take me to, we'll start with say a sixth grade classroom and then go to like an 11th grade classroom. So how would a sixth grade classroom use data classroom? What would they do with it? 
Yeah. So I think um, a, a sixth grade classroom, perhaps the the best place for them to start with data classroom would be working it into the kinds of lab activities that they're already doing in a in a science class. So for example, you could take like a, a really classic um, middle school experiment, maybe growing bean sprouts under two different conditions. Um, and they're recording data from that exper experiment, but with Data Classroom, they would be able to plot it and then sort of work through a progression of data visualizations from simplest, which would I, I would consider to be like a raw uh, plot, dot plot, just showing individual points where each point is an observation. And then from there, they can layer on visuals on top of that, that pave the way for descriptive statistics. So this is things like um, uh, mean and standard deviation. Mm -hmm. And this is where you start moving into visuals like uh, bar graphs or a box plot. Um, a lot of times in, in middle school math, I see um, schools actually start with, with bar graphs. And I actually advocate for starting with dot plots that show the raw data okay. and then move, moving up to something like a bar graph. Because a bar graph is a lot of times is a is a visual construct that's meant to show a summary statistic like like the mean of the of the data and if you don't have a good handle on on what the raw data look like first it it can actually be hard to picture what the raw data look like when just looking at a at a bar um Okay, and then when you get more advanced, so it sounds like it's a it's a great way to just get that start of what the concept of data is and to, to see it at the younger ages. And if we're a little more right. advanced in you know AP or IB or something, what's, yeah, what's sort then, of, maybe then, maybe you could tell us some of the cool uses you've seen in uh, the higher grades, and yeah, and, well, and, and without talking about bean sprouts, maybe this time I don't know. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, so the the coolest uses that we're seeing at the at the higher grades are students who are pursuing independent research projects and then are using data classroom to conduct the hypothesis tests and by that i mean things like a t-test or an, an, an anova test and analysis of variance um, and making making plots of those and using data classroom to visually communicate the results of of their research um, i was just working with a high school um, just outside of atlanta georgia and they were they're working with um, this Wolbachia, and Wolbachia is an organism that it typically infects insects, and wow. it has a, a feminizing effect because it's only oh. trans transmitted through egg and not through sperm. So it, it what it will do it will cause a disproportionate amount of the uh, offspring to become female. Um, and so they they were working with Wolbachia in in pill bugs. Mm -hmm. um, and they, you know, created these plots of their experimental results with with Data Classroom, and I thought that was a, a pretty cool use and uh, a great example of the the kinds of questions that that kids can answer when they um, are applying statistical methods to data sets that they collected. Do you get a lot of that surprises like that? Where you're like, that is so cool. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm frequently. Su surprised by all the cool uses of data that I'm seeing from from our users right now. We've we've only had the the app out in the wild, if you will, since April. Um, so we didn't exactly know how people would have used it. I know right. how I would have used right, it right. as it's 
but with with it being out in the wild now, so to speak, we're just seeing all these cool investigations that that classrooms are are doing all over the place. All right. So if I'm a teacher listening, especially maybe if I'm not a science teacher, uh, data can be intimidating. And I think, you know, one of the goals you have is to not make this process so intimidating. Can you talk a little bit about how a teacher who's not familiar with T-squares and things like that might get involved uh, with data and visualizing data? Yeah. So I think, uh, again, just to go back to that earlier theme that I think graphing is the best entry point for working with data. And mm-hmm. it lays the lays the foundation for going on to work with statistics and doing the things that people typically are intimidated by. Um and we, we've got a couple ways of sort of bridging the gap from uh, graphing data and then working into statistics. One of the ways we do that is through animated hypothesis tests. And what these really are is, is a software version of how I would have explained how the math is working behind a, a hypothesis test, okay. how I would have explained that on a whiteboard. Um, and so what those animated hypothesis tests do is they show uh, students or teachers where all the math comes from that that drives mm-hmm. the hypothesis test equations. It shows how that's tied to the data in, in graphical format. So you can really say, oh, I see that this difference in between means on this graph, this distance here is what's becoming the numerator in this equation. And so they can actually... Um, as they are working the equations, they can really clearly see what's what's driving the math. I'd like to go to the why you decided to create all this. And I know you have a background in teaching yourself in Chicago. And did, you know, how did you go from a, a teacher in Chicago to developing a website like this? I mean, where, where does the passion for this data and the visualization of the data come from? Because it's not something everybody does, right? Right. It's It was definitely a case of me solving my own problem. This okay. is... This is something that I've wanted to exist for easily more than a decade. And so back, I guess maybe I'll tell a story of back in my own classroom on the south side of Chicago, um, we did this really cool experiment where we were breeding lizards and we were looking at the, the basic question for the experiment was, how does a female lizard make the choice of where to lay an egg? Okay. Um, and so practically what that involved is we had 80 anoles in our in our classroom. These are a really small lizard, um, super common in, in Florida, in the United States. Um, but we, we, we had 80 of these lizards and they were breeding and we were collecting all this preference data on um, how these lizards were using moisture cues when deciding which soil to lay their eggs in. And we collected just a huge amount of data with the project. And as soon as we had all this data in hand, I pretty quickly realized that we didn't have the right tools that we we needed to analyze the data. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we sort of muddled through with Excel. And I, I had some great mentors at Iowa State University who helped us work through that process. But um, it it really sort of hit home that we didn't have the right tools. And then later on, when I, I left the classroom to pursue a PhD in evolutionary biology, and I got exposed to all these pro-level data tools, and these are um, uh, computer programs like R or Python or SAS or mm-hmm. Jump. Um, but there was it really hit home that there was no kid's version of these, of these data tools. Um, and all of these data tools sort of assume... 
a graduate level training in statistics. So um, I, I really thought, wow, it would be cool if there was a kid's version of these tools that didn't assume you were an expert already. Um, and so I had that idea in the back of my head. And then I, I met someone who um, was a, a senior engineer for a, a Fortune 500 company ah. and started, started talking with him. And he got him really excited about this idea. And, and um, uh, that's kind of when we, we started working on the, the idea for real. And that was about three years ago. And, and now um, it's very exciting to have Data Classroom out in classrooms actually solving this, this problem um, for other teachers. I think you mentioned you kind of hit the ground running and went into the wild, as you say, in April. How are things going? I mean, given that the last month or so has been insane, but prior to that, yeah. I mean, how's the adoption uh, going? Thing, things are going well. We're currently up to uh, over 6,500 passwords registered around the world. Um, and that's about uh roughly 2,500 teachers, and then the rest are accounts that teachers have created for their students. Um, so we, we have some, some real adoption, and we have uh, paid use in 29 schools in 10 different U.S. states right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're, we're really coming along as, as a company, um, and we're really excited about what we're about to build, because now that we have some adoption and we have a little bit of stability under us, um, we're really getting ready to to build a lot um, more to the tool, and I think just it's going to become a lot more useful for a lot more classrooms throughout that grade six to twelve age range. Are you okay to talk about that? Like, what are some of the cool things that yeah. you're talking about? Because I see a big smile on your face as soon as you started mentioning it. Yeah, it's 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 exciting. So one of the the things we're going to build um, an entire new uh, wing of the app, if you will, that's based around simulations. Um, so we're going to be able to simulate data sets and, and then uh, students are going to be able to resample that through experiments. Um, and they'll be able to run an infinite number of experiments on a given data set. They'll be able to do things like vary the sample size of each of these experiments. Um, and they're gonna, it's going to really illustrate the, the role of things like variability in a, in a statistical result. Um, it's it, it's going to allow students to play games. So students are going to be able to do things like create a model um, for some kind of sample population that, that they've created. And they're going to be the only ones that know where the true mean is for that, that population, for example. And then they can have um, friends and classmates actually conduct small-scale experiments on that. And through the results of those experiments, they'll be able to evaluate the data they're collecting and, and actually make um, you know, very informed guesses as to what is the underlying truth of that, of that model. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about it because I think it's going to be um, a really powerful way to teach things like what is a variable, mm -hmm. um, how are good experiments designed, why do we use replication in an experiment? So all of these these kind of high level concepts related to experimental design and statistics, I think kids are are really going to be able to figure these things out through playing games on the app. Uh, so it sounds like maybe to sum it up, it's, you're taking what you have now and making it a more interactive platform, at least interacting more with the data. Than you could in the past. More what ifs? Would you say more? 
definitely more what if scenarios are, are going to be possible. And I would say right now, our app is really built to help teachers with the with the data that they're already collecting. And it's a, and it's a fantastic um, supplement to the kinds of lab activities that are already occurring. But I think the new stuff that we're getting ready to, to build will actually be able to facilitate more of that kind of hands-on experimentation happening in classrooms, because I think it will be more scaffolding for classrooms that are perhaps not as comfortable doing open-ended experiments. It will be a sort of a starting point for them to start learning how to tackle those kinds of projects in, in the classroom. Well, Aaron, we're coming towards the end of our time here, and traditionally I ask a, a future-oriented question. I mean, I think I know the answer, but where do you see the future of data visualization going over the next 10, 15 plus years? Yeah, I, it's it's only going to increase. And I, I believe that data literacy is going to become as important as um, reading, writing, and mathematics are now. I just think that's the that's the world we're living in, where more and more of the world's biggest problems are going to be um, solved by looking at data and making choices informed by data. So I think it's going to become increasingly important in, uh, in a high-quality education. Aaron Reedy, thank you so much for your time today. And for your statistical interest, we spoke for 16 minutes and 15 seconds. I don't know what relevance that has, but uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the data. <laughs> this interview was brought to you by 21st Century Learning International. Find us on the web at 21clradio.com.